time to gather together. Hi there, I'm Yelton. I'll be buying the first round while we chat about Final Fantasy XIV. This is episode 167. Pull up a chair and join us. On the menu tonight, Letter from the Producer Live Part 52 is set for June 14th. Shadowbringers heads to E3 2019. Letter from the Producer Live Part 51 Digest was released. For gamers, Shadowbringers Media Tour Interview, Developers Blog... But first, let's shoot the shit. What has been going on this week? Hey, Ruby. Hey, Yalto. Hey. What's, What's been up? going on this week? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You Hold don't on. know. Let me, see. Let, let me check the notes. Shh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the notes that I accidentally bl- messed up. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I didn't do a whole heck of a lot anyway. I think I could uh, list it off the top of my head. You know, we're all in this waiting game, waiting for Shadowbringers. We are uh, a month away, I think, today uh, from the official launch and um, less than a month from the um, pre-launch, the soft launch, the early access, if you will. Uh, so super excited there, but in-game, it's like, mm, let's get my tomes, let's kind of wrap a few things up, like trying to get my healers a little bit of gear. So I think I got a, a, a necklace yeah, to uh, get it to like the 387 mark. I'm just trying to squeak to 390 before I say I'm done with healer. Um, I need one pair of shoes still unranged to hit 390. I'm just too lazy to buy tomes. Mm. Um, and uh, caster's perfectly fine. I'm happy. Um, so that part, it's all done. It's just like, just silly stuff. Like I was working on the dancer gear again and, um, I've got it pretty much finished now, at least at the two thirty mark. Um, I did Chloe books and Chloe had uh, poetics, uh, last week, 500, I think for, um, getting all nine spots and then 300 Genesis. If you do, um, uh, one line, so I managed to squeak a line by and got uh, got a few tomes, but that's that's really it. It's just trying to wrap up some silly stuff. Like I did triple triad. Um, I didn't get on the board. I think I tied with like everybody else that was in sixteenth place <laughs> onward, like seventeen hundred points, something like that. I, I walked away with three platinum packs, and I, can somebody at the media tour ask him about triple triad one of these days? For Christ's sake, I don't know that there's any questions about it. Oh, I, I think we will get a gold saucer update in 5.1. I think I heard that on one of the the media things, but um, they really need to update these platinum packs. This is a, a dead horse that Rubicon Vale keeps beating. <laughs> well, it, I, it, it keeps being a problem for, what, years now? Exactly. It's like freshen up those packs. Yeah. Just, you know, change some percentages on those rewards or make it where like if you're on the board for that week you get one of the cards i mean these these cards can't be that rare i need that furion card and i need the cecil card and then i'm done all right let me get off that i got off that topic update your shit yoshida um and uh just regular roulettes i ran some stuff uh yesterday i think um like a leveling roulette and um the 50 60 you know just biding my time, Yelta. Just biding my time. And anything but Eureka. I just can't seem yeah. to set foot back into Eureka. It may be too late for me. I don't know. I think the train is still moving. I go on Reddit and I still see people talking about Eureka weapons and such. 
So I think people are still going in there, but uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll decide to go in. We've we've got doggo farms. We've got other things that we could be doing. So you know, I I think it's just trying to avoid burning out before uh, before Shadowbringers. So yeah. Oh, and I updated my avatar. Yelta was talking about that just before we started the podcast. I I try to freshen it up with the the next expansion. So. I'm going full on summoner. That's why I've, <laughs> I've, my avatar is now the summoner, soulstone, and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to blast shit with Phoenix. <laughs> it's, it's it's looking pretty nice. It's looking it's looking great. Yelta, what'd you do this past week? I actually played uh, quite a bit, mostly over the weekend. Um, I don't remember if it was Thursday night or Friday night or whatever we did, or I don't know Saturday. I can't remember. We did uh, doggo farming. We got, let's see, Shin, not Shinryu, Seru dropped three dogs, I think. Oh, and nice. uh, Susano dropped one. Susano was a stingy bastard. Oh. Uh, I don't need any of those, but there's a lot of people in the free company. Uh, and then Eva, who stole her when she got home from work. Um, a lot of people still don't like have any dogs. So... <laughs> So there, there are dogs to farm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's birds to farm, that kind of thing. Uh, I ran, I think like yesterday, I ran every single roulette. It's been a long time since I did that. But uh, in the last week, I got Ninja to 70. So that's that's done. I got Dragoon to 60. So 10 more levels and I will have everything max leveled for, you know, for a month. Awesome. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully, dragon's not bad. I don't mind it. I think making myself play the melee jobs, um, kind of gets you more comfortable with it. It's, it's kind of hard though to stand that close to the mobs and try to, I don't know, line shit up. And I'm used to black mage where I just I have a giant AOE or white mage. I got a giant holy. So, but that was pretty much what I did. I also did a WT. I did a, a Chloe book. I. I don't know. I didn't like bother capping or running 24 mans or anything. I've print, I've been working on, uh, I've been queuing up for a lot of stuff that will give me the, well, mostly, uh, what do we call it? Story time roulette. So all the cuts, cutscene roulette and, mm-hmm. um, the crystal tower series, because they give you the Moogle tombstones. I want those Namazu earrings. So I'm, I'm like at 30 some. So if I, just don't burn myself out. If I just keep running a couple of something a day, maybe I should be able to do it without wanting to kill myself. So did you any interest in getting any of the stuff on that list? What with the Moogle? Yeah. Crap. I would like to have the Namazu earrings, but is it enough for me to put myself through hell? I That's, just really don't think so. Stuff. It's I can't believe it. So last year, was it last year we were, or when was it we were all pissed off they put the the raven earrings in an event for nothing? Yeah, the when rising. We, yeah. Yeah. And then, they, you know, the Taoist Moogle. Well, that was, that, well, that was associated, that I mean, it was associated with, with the media tour or a live letter or the 14-hour broadcast. I can't remember now. But the Moogle earring, I feel like it's a lot of work to get 100 I don't know. We already bitched two episodes ago. We bitched about that event. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get the earring, but go baby I, go. I just, I'm like seriously. No one, 
I don't know if if the idea was to try to pull people through old content or something. I still think they should have put tombstones on all the old content then, and sure. the stuff should have been fucking cheaper, or you should have gotten more tombstones or something because it's it is. Uh, and I know some people are like, "Well, you're not supposed to buy everything," and I'm like, "I'm not. I'm trying to buy a earring that's a hundred tombstones, and that means running content that I." don't queue up for every day normally and but those queues never have trouble popping well maybe the story maybe the praetorium and and the other one do have trouble popping but honestly i've every time i've ever queued up for it it's popped so i don't know but anyway i'm not gonna burn myself out don't no, I want to be. I want to be. I want to be fresh and ready. Well, and then what are we? In a couple more days, we get uh, the gold saucer one, right? Right. Yeah, on the sixth. Ruby, you didn't put that. Did we already talk about that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> okay, I don't remember last week. I actually saw that. You know, there was, was apparently a story. Yeah, we covered that. Eh, it's all blending into one giant. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of news in the yeah. last two weeks uh, yeah. since the embargo lifted. We had the live letter just before the embargo, uh, NDA lift. Uh, then we had that flood of information, which I'm still not done watching and reading all of those interviews. We'll, we'll share an interview uh, that came out of that uh, here because it's a it's a lengthy one, the four gamer interview. Uh, but there are so many interviews. There's so much information that came out. There's a lot of misinformation too. Um, I didn't put this as one of those like let's shoot the shit kind of things, but uh, for the notes anyway. But uh, the the new hotness on Reddit um, is not healer hate, but gunbreaker hate. Uh, <laughs> g- the gunbreakers are unhappy um, because they're reading the potencies and the potencies are less than the existing tanks. So gunbreakers are up in arms that they are going to be the weak tank. When oh, every single video shows the potencies, the potencies still... yeah, it's still questionable. They could be changed. They're subject to change. Every video... The build they played was a month old before they played it. Right. I mean... You're right. Yeah. No. So it's no. insane. Just calm down. And you know, we we got it last time too. You know, one of the first few patches, after we all get to play a little bit, we hit 70, they start seeing the weaknesses, we report them, and they'll they'll, they'll tweak it. If it's a potent... I'm, the worst thing in the... I am unworried about a potency number. That is the least of my worries that exactly. they can tweak, right? I'm more worried about other things. You know, there are other things that could be far more broken and far harder to reimagine at this point mm-hmm. or at once it's live than p- tweaking some potency. If, if it comes yeah. down that no one wants to play Gunbreaker because they mm-hmm. have low potency, they will adjust the potency. They have a track record of doing so. Don't worry about yeah. it. Potency is going to be the easiest thing for them to change. If a if a rotation is completely broken, which I seriously doubt, I think some of the machinists are worried that their rotation is going to be broken to this day. But until we see something in action, it's just it's hard to call it. And uh, the potency stuff is, I mean, it's just easy for them to change a number from fifty to sixty or whatever. They do it patch after patch. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's. 
I, yeah, I'm concerned by some of the the changes I've read about, and I'm concerned about you know some stuff that I haven't even noticed, but other pe- people are suspecting by crunching numbers. And I think it's fair to be concerned, but let's see if something's really broken when we get it into our hands, right? Indeed. All right, let's move on then. You can shoot the shit with us. Go to the website, www.gtffxiv.com, and let us know what you've been doing this week. Uh, let's see. First round is news. Letter from the Producer Live, part 52, is set for June 14th. Now, that's at E3, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, Friday, June 14th at 3 p.m. PDT. So, that's 5 Central. Okay. Uh, patch 5.0 information and miscellaneous announcements. Is that all we know about it? Oh, no. They said they're going to cover battle content, the trust system, and adjustments to the Disciple of the Hand and Land. So, yay. Because that's... Yeah. We haven't heard... Much. We've heard they're doing something. They're going to give us some sort of end game. I wonder if they'll let us know any more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping we hear because this is what our last live letter before Shadowbringers, I, I would so. imagine. Um, we would hear something about the eight man, something about the twenty four man, although that would be in five point one anyway. Um, but definitely the eight man. Um, would like to hear a little more about the fates if we could get a little more information on that. Uh, trust is a big buzz. I'm seeing a lot of posts on Reddit, a lot of things on the official forums. People questioning trust, people wondering who will be the trust. I saw a weird speculation one that one of Yoshida's interviews said that you'd be able to use the trust for every dungeon in Shadowbringers and that um, Thancred would not be able to tank with you on the first dungeon. So it was a speculation thread on who the other tank trust is going to be. Um, But I don't necessarily... I didn't actually read that the same way that you would get a tank trust, like one would be added to the menu, because he clearly says that uh, Ishtola is one of the trusts, and the screenshot that we saw had five trusts with one blank spot, and Ishtola was not listed. Right. So I don't know if those six can be rotated in and out willy-nilly. Each dungeon has a set of trusts that you can bring in, and they just give you a new roster per dungeon. Well, and that's kind of how I read it. I read that the trust system, when you go into a dungeon, it's going to be those NPCs that would make sense that they were there for that dungeon. But that's yeah. how I read it. That's how I read it anyway. That'd be the only way I can see that that working. Because if it's if it's based on the story, you know, Thancred could get, you know, paralyzed or something weird happened. And you, no, you know, he get distracted by kitty girls or bunny girls. Or you know, or he gets naked and a squirrel is to cover his nuts. And <laughs> I can't forgot use him all about that. Because we see his ass the whole time. Oh, we can't use him. Oh, Interesting. boy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. That we're, we're definitely, the internet's abuzz with uh, comments, questions, and concerns. So, All right, Shadowbringers heads to E3 2019. And that is where they're having their uh, live letter. But let's see. They are Monday, June 10th, 2019 at 6 p.m. They're doing a... That's the Square Enix. That's so not just not just Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their slot, apparently. Uh, their show dates and hours are Tuesday, June 11th. Industry Pass, 11 a.m. Gamer Pass, 2 p.m. Wednesday, June 12th. 
Thursday, June 13th. And then there's Go Hands-On with Shadowbringers. They're going to bring 40 kiosks to set up for people to go hands-on with Shadowbringers. Attendees will be able to play the job of their choice, including the new Gunbreaker and Dancer jobs. And they get to challenge Titania. And they guess what? They get t-shirts. Uh-huh. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, all right. And then they're going to have the live letter, which we just talked about. And it will be presented in English and Japanese. So that's good to know. I look forward to that. I'm, I'm excited. So uh, outside of Final Fantasy fourteen, do you have any speculations or expectations of what they'll show? I don't. The only thing I care about it is if Nintendo Direct or if Nintendo talks about. <laughs> don't give a Crossing. shit about Square Enix. That, that's well, all I. I don't give a shit about. It's any of the rumored Enix Final Fantasy VII will have the remake. That's we'll true. That's stuff true. Here, uh, people are hoping for something playable. I don't know, but we should be seeing something about Final Fantasy VII here. I don't. And, care. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know anything else. I honestly yeah. don't know anything else coming out of Square Enix that, uh, for 2019. Somebody will probably say it in the comments, and then I'll go, oh, yeah, that was oh, on my yeah, radar, yeah. but I've completely forgotten about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's E3. I, in fact, I'm not even sure who's going to E3 because some of these companies are like, oh, I don't, I'm not, we're not doing a direct this year. We're not doing a live mm, show at E3 this okay. year, and it's it's become – quite strange uh who's deciding to do their their own directs uh versus going out to e3 but uh yeah i mean i'm excited for nintendo i'm excited to see what sony has xbox that kind of stuff just to catch the buzz from everything i'm not expecting a lot of but maybe just some happy pictures and things of the event in some um some developers blog with the mm-hmm. i beat titania shirts on it um my my Hope is for what we get out of the live letter. For sure. All right, live. Oh, no. Letter from the Bruiser Live Part 51 Digester's release. They did, again, a very nice nice letter. They've got the, the video. They've got all the slides. They, 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 do, they, do a nice, they do a nice post. I really wish they could put this post up 10 minutes after they do the live letter, but... Mm-hmm. I guess. Who's Ralmevia? I don't know this person. I, I was I was wondering who that is. They have forty seven posts, huh. but I don't know who it is. Show yourself, Ralmevia. Oh, no. Oh, so so there's they post in Japanese sometimes. Oh no, maybe they just don't know who posts it. Because huh. uh, there's also the German. I you know oh there's a lot of uh. Japanese posts. <clears throat> it does give a hmm? it does give a nice short breakdown of what they showed of the jobs right. on this digest. Uh, Dragoon, the skill rotation has been streamlined for the removal of heavy thrust. Other quality of life improvements include adjustments to the requirements for mirage drive and the increased speed of jump. End scene. And then you go there. So like <laughs> yeah. uh, quick bullet points if you've if you're on the shitter and you got five minutes to read, you could take a look at this. No, it's it's well put together. I I really, I think they do a nice job. Oh, oh no, I just saw something I hadn't noticed before. The t- mm. the pictures take a while to load, but they're nice and big. They're like the full picture. 
right? So if you pull up the slide, it's huge. Oh, and that's yeah, good. yeah. So, yeah. All right, then let's see. That was it. That was it. To, to four gamers Shadowbringers Media Tour interview, which I have not read. I haven't read it either, so no. we're going to be we'll go excited together. Guys. Yeah. It's a it's a lengthy interview. Um, part of it, I think, is answered here at the top. Some of the questions are the same ones in the Famitsu interview, but there's a lot of new ones too. So kind of considering this a meld between uh, this one and the Famitsu interview. But um, the reason we're going down this one is it's lengthy. I think there's a lot of questions that are answered in here that are uh, – questions that the player base have and they're not a bunch of why no healer why why mm-hmm. you balance healer this way because it's basically not the healer questions you're looking for which is good because i think we're healered out at this point for now till we see him in action all right one of the major talk to- uh, the topics areas is optimizing for game pads it looks like and the question is, one of the major topics of the media tour is the balance adjustments to battle actions. While I tried it out myself, I noticed there were a lot of hotbar actions that switched automatically, making for a different control experience. So, which was interesting. Yoshida said, for this expansion, we recognized quite, we reorganized quite a few actions in consideration for future developments. The number of actions that could be placed on your hotbar was reaching its limit for both gamepad and mouse keyboard. So we tried to implement automatic switching wherever we could for actions that are in the same family, just with different strengths. It might be confusing at first, but if you have strong muscle memory, but we reached the limit for the number of actions to the point where... Some people were even manually switching their actions every time they did level synced content just because they didn't want to add more pages. That That's fine with me, man. <laughs> you get level synced down? Holy shit. Sometimes it's like, where's Thunder? I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, he continues, so our thought process was to maintain the current number of buttons by having actions that switch to others and sliding new actions in the freed up space. With a red mage being the prime example of this. It does change the way the game controls, but once you get used to it, I think you'll find this way more comfortable. Cool. Well, that only makes sense to me. I've got macros that change an ability if an ability is used. A lot of people do this. Um, It only makes sense that your jolt to becomes impact instead of having them as two separate abilities. So okay, glad to see changes like that happen. (laughs) Especially for level syncing content. When you go to a lower level and it's like all of your spells downgrade to the other one, it's like, um, can we just put it that way on the bars, please? Mm-hmm. So. All right, the question, I normally play with mouse and keyboard, so I have my combos on my hotbar from left to right with automatic switching. It felt like I was having to move my hand back. For the gamepad controls, the automatic switching made it easier to play because there was less switching between pages. I wondered if the game had been optimized for intuitive gamepad play. Yoshida, but when you play Red Mage with mouse and keyboard, you can ignore switching and just put the same action on the hotbar twice. You can keep the hotbar the same as it was before. I don't understand that. Hmm. Oh, so you're like doing one, two, three, four, five, even if five is the same as two? Just so you can play the piano across your keyboard? Is that what I you're suppose that or your your entire hotbar UI switches mm. when it goes between these two modes and that Yoshida's saying the fix is to just mirror it on the second mode. Hmm. I'm interested to see what this really means. That'd be cool. Uh, the question was, yeah, actually that's what I did, laughs. 
Yoshida says, yeah, right? So you, you still have that option with mouse and keyboard. For gamepad users, we were reaching the limit. There's a lot of page switching needed when using the double cross hotbar. In that sense, we did pay a lot of attention to gamepad users. Hmm. So, all right. The next section is what we're looking for in the new combat balance. Question. As for the job balance, setting aside healers for now, <laughs> tanks and DPS got more AOE attacks to use. Is there a reason for this? Yoshida. The player base has a broad range of playstyles, and there are many people who often do instance dungeons but never do raids. In contrast to raid bo- boss battles, dungeons have a lot of enemies along the way. The speed at which you clear depends on whether you make good use of your AOE attacks or perhaps whether your job is effective at them. However, when people who are aware of this get matched up with people who aren't, it can get kind of awkward. So they just gave us more AOEs so people who don't know how to find their AOE buttons can AOE better, I guess. (laughs) They can find one of them. They can find one of them. Uh, He continues, So we gave each job a two-step AOE combo, among other things, to make players more aware of AOE attacks and reduce the variance in DPS and clear time. We think everyone will be happier that way. So we made a lot of changes to AOE. I welcome that as someone who gets synced down in Dragoon and only has one AOE. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So maybe I may have to go look now and see what the changes were. Uh, question. Rather than balancing damage, it felt more like damage was increased across the board. I wondered if War's DPS would still stand out. Yoshida says, if I had to give an answer, I'd say each job will manifest differently based on player skill. There isn't a uniform way to play them. Now, this is the like second or third time we've said read or that player skill. So yeah. I, you know, because so, on paper it really looks like a lot of these, a lot of stuff got easier, but maybe. If you play it better, you get even greater rewards or something. I don't know. I don't know. Question, <laughs> meaning what? Or meaning that? Yoshida said, using tanks as an example. Players don't want to use tank stance because it lowers their DPS. They also avoid, avoid using their aggro combo as much as possible, and they want to use the optimal rotation. That's the current situation because they want to put out DPS. They use their defensive buffs, including their invulnerabilities, when they need to. And while performing their tank duties, they also want to do as much DPS as possible. This should undoubtedly be be part of their motivation. But in actuality, they'll always be reluctant to sacrifice DPS for the sake of aggro. The aggro combo is clearly being underused. Laughs. Question. They use it at the beginning, and everything after that is based on necessity. Yoshida says, and then the DPS use their aggro reduction buffs to keep an eye on their aggro. But in the end, that's because tanks want to maximize their DPS. So we consider taking the aggro-increasing actions and DPS-increasing actions that were separated by tank-slash-attack stance and just combine them together. With the revised tank stances we have now, you'll gain aggro no matter what you do. So there'll be no more need to juggle aggro and DPS simultaneously. Now what matters is how you choose to use your defensive buffs, matching them up to the situation wherever it be a dungeon or against a boss. There's also finding the option optimal DPS rotation for your job, which is where you'll be able to see differences in skill. I think this expansion's tanks are what players were wanting. Hmm. Cool. Cool. That's a flat-out good answer. I mean, just to yeah. say I think I have finally given you what you've wanted. I mean, it sounds right to me. You know, that, that was the biggest issue I heard from tanks, and it's really the opposite, right? It's not like you heard a lot of tanks going, "I don't want to go into tank stance; it lowers my DPS." You just heard a lot of tanks going, "I'm not putting on grit. I'm not, you know, le- healers adjust." 
but if you if you listen to that, what they're saying is I'm not putting on a suboptimal stance mm-hmm. when I could be pushing my DPS, which is the only thing I can see that makes me above somebody else. So that that desire to be the best meant, yeah, I'm going to sacrifice the rest because the healers can just adjust, just pump out more healing. Mm-hmm. The other problem is the healers are wanting to pump out more DPS, they want too. DPS, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think I'm hoping this will maybe save us from that situation where someone went, some new player, just at level 70 or just at whatever, read a tanking guide that's like, don't use your tank stance ever unless uh-huh. you're, you're, you know, and then you get them that the, the guide was written for people, you know, doing savage where, yeah, knowing when and if to flip-flop your stances. When you're running Bardom's Metal, you better fucking put on your tank stance. Yeah. You know, because that, you need to get hold hate. You're probably not, you know, max. Uh, and I use Bardom's Metal as an example because that's a place where being undergeared or not knowing what buttons to push or pulling too much can just destroy a party. Just... It can make you feel terrible as a tank. It can make you feel terrible as a healer. It can kind of make you feel bad as a DPS if you know that the people died because the mobs didn't get killed in time. Yeah. So maybe if we can stop having that people reading savage raiding guides and thinking that's how they need to play in dungeons as a noob. Mm. Preach. I do like... Yeah, and I do like that it sounds like he's like, so we we paid attention to how you were playing the jobs today, and we adjusted it for tomorrow. I like that. Yeah. All right, question. There are less combo routes now, so it seems easier to understand. Wouldn't that make it harder to distinguish yourself above the rest? Great question, because that's one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoshida says, everyone has the same fundamental toolkit, so it'll be a matter of how well you understand the content and whether you can make judgments like, my DPS will be higher in the end if I use this action now, even if it means diverging from the rotation. That's where players' skill will be defined now. That must mean more dynamic battles, then, Maybe. if you're going to have to drop your rotation to do something. Yeah, it's it's something I kind of worry about, because you, know, you read people reacting that these changes have lowered the skill ceiling or whatever. And it's like, well, how do you tell a good player from a great player? Or, I don't know. How, how do I shine as my role? It's going to be boring if you could just go into any dungeon and push one, two, three and win or whatever. I don't know. All right. On the topic of player skill, when I looked at the various skills and abilities, it seemed like the intent was to let the players adjust the amount of downtime or wasted time during content. For example, Red Mage's new weapon skill enhanced reprise, which costs 10 of each mana. Is that supposed to be used for adjusting your mana before using magnification? To avoid wasting mana from overflow, Yoshida says, We also wanted to reduce the amount of time where you can't attack because you really need to move. Little details like this are where you'll see differences in player skill. And optimizing these things should make you think, I'm playing this job better than anyone else. We also added a fourth Grease Lightning stack to Monk, but when the boss jumps and your stack's dropped to zero, you're stuck with low DPS till you build them back up. Now you know the boss is going to jump. You have to decide between sacrificing your stacks for one big attack right before or using the new action to maintain them. And that distinction leads to differences in play. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That kind of folds into my, you know, it's not how fast you push the buttons, but choosing the buttons that matter. 
So that, mm-hmm. that could be good. Uh, I'm very interested in his comment. Uh, should make you think I'm playing this job better than anyone else. To me, that didn't seem like a Yoshida comment because I, I don't usually see Yoshida saying it's fine to differentiate yourself to show yourself better than someone else. But to, to say I'm playing this job better than anyone else, I want to be the very best, um, I like it. I'm, yeah. I'm happy yeah. with that sentiment. I want somebody to be better than me. It's I guess it's that old – uh, uh, wh- white picket fence kind of dream or something like the, the I, back me up here, Yelta. I, I, I'm <laughs> thinking of is you want the American dream. You mm-hmm. want the the house on the hill and the 2.5 kids and all that other stuff. Whatever, <laughs> well, all right. I, Whatever I, the I desire want, I want is. To, I want to go into a. I want to go into a uh, Mount Farming party. With some pugs and be able to be like, wow, this monk really knows how to push buttons good, right? Whenever yeah. I count numbers you, real fast. Or- you want to strive to be the best red mage. You want to strive to be the best monk. You want to. You should want to strive, which that's counter what everybody else is saying about, oh, Yoshida wants to homogenize every job. He wants to make it bland. He wants you to just push one, two, three, and everything's going to be... Dead. We hear that seconds. doom and gloom message every expansion, to be quite honest, but there, there's just a lot of that going around, but he's flat out is saying the opposite here. He wants people to be able to play better than their their teammate, than their peers. Um, that that means there's a better way to play then. It's not just one, two, three, one, two, three. All right, question. That's what Monk's. A not man. I don't know that how to say that. And Sam's meditation are for right. You can use them in accordance to, with the boss's action to maintain your buffs or strengthen them. Yoshida says, indeed, especially since uh, since Heavensward, we've been putting a lot of work into the battle presentation, which leads to an unavoidable downtime. But there are things that players have to do to counter that. If something's that has to be done right before the downtime, you'll see differences between players in the exact same timing that it's done. I hope players will come up with creative ways of demonstrating skill. That's interesting. I've not heard these are you're right. There's like sentiments creeping through here that I've not really kind of heard him say before. Mm-hmm. I think he knows we want to. Right. Yeah. All right. Incidentally, uh, question. Incidentally, we're also getting weapon skills changing as you level up. For example, Rage of Halon becomes Royal Authority. But there are also people who liked Halon's animation. Laughs. Yoshida, you've already used Halon enough times, right? Bitter smile. If we're getting rid of aggro combos, there's no reason to keep it around. So we made it get replaced. Paladin in particular had a lot of controls, but to make up for it, we're adding a gap closer and a way for, ca- for you to cast spells without cast times. There'll be quite a few things for you to optimize. Question. Stacking Sword Oath and then using... Oh, man. Rezacat. I don't even know how you say that. Followed by four Holy Spirits spending the last 2,000 MP on Confitor and using Atonement to restore MP. I imagine the players will come up with that kind of flow. Yoshida says, The battle system team is comprised of both elite veterans and hardworking younger staff, so they see the job adjustments from several perspectives. And I feel it's working well that way. Was this guy trying to get like t- tell me if this is the right rotation, Yoshida? <laughs> I don't know. He might have been fishing for a specific rotation. <laughs> t- t- hey, just tell me, did I get the rotation right? Did I? Did I? Did I, did I count? Yeah. 
<laughs> Question. There's also adjustments to role actions. Repose was added as a healer role action, so now Scholar and Astrologian can use, also use sleep magic. When you do a roulette on Scholar and get matched to a low-level dungeon, there isn't much you can do. Yoshi just says, that's true, but I think we want the basic field to be consistent between jobs within the same role. Online, you see people complaining about tanks or healers that don't have X-equipped. Strange as it may be, that's part of why we want to avoid this situation where someone levels up a new job in the same role without realizing it has actions that other jobs don't. Wait, stop. Yeah. People complained about healers not having repose equipped? Well, Well, he says X, and in my mind, I replaced that. With eye for an eye, I know what he's saying. Or yeah, I know what he's saying. No, 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 no one. No, repose is not the hill that I think they should have died on. But <laughs> that's what they went with. Okay, you can continue. <laughs> All right. Also, by changing things into role action, we cut down on the total number of actions while giving people that sense of muscle memory comfort from having the same action on the same hotkey for each job. In that role. We made fairly bold changes based on that logic, too. I guess so. Okay, fine. All right. I would have preferred to have heard, yes, there are more enemies that sleep will affect. Go out and have fun. Oh, yeah. I would have preferred to see that, too. I I remember early... I think I told the story, like, the last two weeks. I remember times when Black Mage's sleep spell used to make or break a pull, but... Womp womp. All right. Dancer won't have much of a skill gap, while Gunblade is a deep job that isn't easy. That's the header. Question. Is it fair to think of Dancer as a job focused on synergy? Yoshida, we've discussed whether to call it synergy or party buffs, but we figured it'd be interpreted as synergy either way, hence why we wrote it out as such in our presentation. But it'd be more accurate to call it party support, and on top of that, you can select a partner when you dance question closed position right i thought that was interesting yoshida yes it was created around the concept of partnering with someone empowering up both of you together this sounds sexy guys no uh, question yeah. it makes you wonder who you should use it on a fellow dps or the tank yoshida says please try various things laughs for dancer we made it similar to red mage in that the controls are simple and it's easier to figure out what to do we think it'll be a popular job due to its appearance so we aim to make it so there wouldn't be an extreme skill gap between players and everyone could hap- or could enjoy it so it's easy so it's easy all right all right question the inputs feel similar to ninja but unlike ninja there's no penalty for missing a step all you have to do is successfully perform two or four steps within 15 seconds which feels awfully generous laughs although to be precise the longer you delay its completion the longer your next attack is delayed yoshida says that is indeed the penalty dancer a question dancer was actually the job where i felt the biggest difference between playing it on keyboard and mouse versus gamepad on the gamepad the four single target attack skills change into the steps and it seems like the actions were designed around the gamepad's four buttons that makes the dance steps link together smoothly yoshida says ninja has three ninjutsu two plus an execute button so from a gamepad perspective four buttons feels the best Question. Curing Waltz's effect is also interesting in that it creates two AoE heals around you and your partner. If they overlap, that's twice the healing. It feels like that gives you multiple options. 
Yoshida says, indeed, you'll have to base it on the fight or the situation, but there are countless possibilities. We designed it to make optimization feel worthwhile. So it sounds like it's easy to play, easy to pick up, but maybe harder to use to its, you know, highest potential. Yeah, uh, and these are abilities that I weren't aware of, at least the healing one. I knew what it was, but I didn't quite know what it did, and after hearing this... Like, this has some utility that Mm -hmm. somebody who doesn't know, you know, their head from a hole in the ground maybe won't think, Derp, I need to hit this and help my fellow healers. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may just be busy, one, two, three, one, two, three. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, great. But it doesn't seem like it's – it sounds to me like you you have your rotation and then when you jump into the step whenever that cooldown comes – you're forced to do the steps to get out of the menu. So you got to like pound your steps out and then go back to attacking. Um, so I think it also means the faster you can pull off your DDR, the faster you can go back into your, your combo and, or your rotation and start attacking again, which would make you a better DPS Mm -hmm. than the other dancers that are like having to look at the keyboard or the game pad while they're entering their red, blue, green, yellow, All right, as for a question, as for the other new job, Gunbreaker, its theme seems to be building up power and then using the combo. Yoshida says, The Gunblade is an original, unique weapon that made its debut in Final Fantasy VIII. Up till then, there was the bayonet, which was a simple combination of a gun and a blade, where you could use the gun for long range and the blade for short range. However, the Gunblade from Final Fantasy VIII was different. There, triggering the gun part gave the blade explosive power to strengthen its slashes. Question. Yeah, that design was quite shocking at the time, Yoshida. So when we were designing Gunbreaker, the development team decided a concept where you would pull the trigger to use a power ability during the weapon skill combo. Basically, it was designed to give the feeling of pulling the trigger. Question. The power combo where you repeatedly use continuation felt nicely paced. That's what you were aiming for, right? Yoshida, yes. That's when we added the fourth tank. We needed to give it something that felt completely different from the other tanks. Otherwise, it wouldn't be interesting. This way, we have the feeling of pulling the trigger, and when you get the hang of that fixed rhythm, your battles feel more and more stylish. It might even feel busy to some, and that's meant to be a job with depth, not an easy one. I like that. Yeah. Huh. They'll, they'll boil all the healers into the same pot, but but this guy's at, able to stand out. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, and that's the point I was making earlier. It's We're fearful that Yoshida's boiling down all the healers to the same, but he's flat out telling us the tanks have have differences. Gotta make it feel new and different. Yeah, so maybe there's some hope with the healers, or maybe this is what he has to do to get the healers to where they feel new and different apart from each other. The fear with that would be, well, that means we have to wait for 6.0 before mm-hmm. we feel that difference yep all right another section the meaning behind behind the new fate system and the internal thoughts of the science with the trust system question come to think of it you announced changes to the fate system too something about tokens Yoshida says yes the story behind it is that 2.0 fates were too effective for exp so when we adjusted them for 3.0, we lowered the exp too much since then we've continued to adjust it but fates are still being neglected neglected regardless question yeah indeed a lot of fates have been ignored from 3.0 onward 
Yoshida, we made the EXP rewards pretty good in 4.0, but there were already a lot of other sources of EXP by then, such as Palace of the Dead. So players don't feel the need to do more fates when there's no guarantee that people will show up. From the player's perspective, they'll go if other people are there, but they don't want to waste time going if they don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Question. There certainly is little reason to do fates to level up, even for secondary jobs. It's just a matter of time efficiency. Yoshida, it's inevitable for things like this to happen when there's a lot of content. But on the other hand, the fate chains and the Asm step were very well received. In that case, we should stop creating them in mass as just a source for EXP and instead create ones with story. They won't all be up to the quality of the Asm steps, but they won't be mass produced for numbers. Yay. I'm I'm liking the idea that fates are for exploration and the zone information. I think that's cool. Yeah. And less less of them would be good too cuz that means more of us will maybe hit the same ones. Mhm. All right, question, what will they be like? Yoshida says they'll basically be content that'll teach you more about the region. They aren't required for the MSQ. You're f- free to ignore them if you wish. You can also wait until you've completed the MSQ before going back to each area and check them out. But for example, if you want to increase the speed of your ground mounts, you can do fates to earn tokens and trade them for tickets question they seem kind of similar to side quests then yoshida this expansion takes place in the first which is similar yet different from the source we've put a tremendous amount of effort into creating its lore fates are a major part of how you can experience that lore if the system is well received we're considering creating more of this style of content question will tokens only be available in the shadowbringers areas Yoshida, yes. They aren't implemented for past content. Please think of it as a currency that's only in circulation in the first. Question. Understood. I was just thinking it'd be hard to gather people to do the old boss fates, making them unclearable. Yoshida, I'm aware this is troubling for achievement hunters. Perhaps it would be better to lower their difficulty. Question. Let us use the trust system there. Yoshida, no. I understand how you feel, but (laughs) laughs. I know a lot of us thought the trusts were going to be like the Final Fantasy XI trusts where you just summon them in the open right. world and they're with you. Not that they would be something you pick as you go into a dungeon. All right, question. Ah, oh, well, anyway, about that trust system. What surprised me at first was that Menphilia was a rogue. Yoshida, there's a story reason for that, so please look forward to it in the next MSQ, to, in the MSQ for the answer. Question. Thankard was the only one pulling her along in the trailer, so I wonder if that would be related, Yoshida. I wonder, laughs. One of the themes in this expansion is traveling with the members of the Scions. They've been involved with everything that's happened so far, but their true feelings and motivations have yet to be fully revealed. Indeed, Yoshida. And yet, in the end, there's always push the annoying stuff onto the Warrior of Light. Laughs. All right, Yoshida says, it ended up that way because of our system, but this time we wanted to solidify their positions throughout all of Shadowbringers. Question, to show what they were thinking? Yoshida, yes. For example, what are Thancred, Yoshtola, and Yurinje usually doing or thinking? We integrated a lot of that into the game experience. Meanwhile, Alphano and Alize have been in sub-protagonist roles for a long time now, so you probably understand them pretty well by now. Mm-hmm question when i used the trust system i thought that each character's personality was really noticeable yoshida the trust system was developed by a system lead ai lead and the scenario team what are thankard's emotions going through the dungeon does he have reservations they discuss these things before deciding his lines there was an extreme amount of detail put into creating it 
question. Alize acted according to her personality, too. It was especially amusing for the third boss of the dungeon we got to play today. There was this one mechanic where Alize ran straight through at full speed while Minfilia walked carefully in fear. Meanwhile, Thancred took a shortcut. Oh, it's that Chikukuchi. That's the ninja one, right? Mm hmm. If a player tried to do that, they'd fall down. That's not fair. <laughs> Yoshida, please interpret this as a special science skill. <laughs> Even though he be became a gumbreaker, he suddenly remembers how to use it. When players start talking about things like this with each other, it'll get them pondering more about Thancred's character. Question. They certainly would discuss his character. Yoshida, your Urianje is also ridiculous in that sense. He stares at that mechanic like, what to do, this looks like a pain, and then, as though he's thinking, whatever, suddenly teleports across. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question, I can imagine that laughs. Yoshida says, everyone has var variations like this, so after you've cleared the dungeon, you might want to try again with different characters. There's also certain talks between combinations of characters, but it'd be hard to search for all of them. So we didn't implement too many questions. So there's conversations depending on the party members, Yoshida. There really aren't that many. You don't need to force yourself to look for them, but they do exist. For the media tour, you use the trust system via UI element, but in the actual game, it's part of the flow of the MSQ. Question. So the UI was used for the media tour, was specially made? Yoshida, no, but at first, when you reach the dungeon, the NPCs are standing there, and when you talk to them, there's an option to edit your party. That opens the UI, and you choose the party members from there. After you've cleared it once, you can enter the dungeon from the UI from anywhere. I see. Yoshida Shadowbringers is about journeying with the science, but they split up at certain parts of the MSQ, as sometimes Alizé might not be around, or Yoshitola is somewhere else. You select your party based on the members that are available. All right, that's what I had read earlier. Okay, right? hold yeah. on, because I've yeah. got this cool-ass vision, like an old <laughs> Final Fantasy, that... Before you enter the dungeon, you pick which team, kind of like Seven does, where you pick which team is going to go into whatever the next dungeon is or into the next fight. Um, just to implement that feel is... Um, Building is your party. Yeah. Bravo, Yoshida. Question. So those are the only members who can be used? Yoshida, yeah. Please think of it as something that progresses alongside the story. This is a bit of a spoiler, but Thancred can't be brought along as the trust for the first dungeon. However, regardless of what job or role the player is, you can still have a balanced party, one tank, one healer, two DPS. Back to the topic. As the story progresses, you'll convene with Thancred and he'll be available as its trust. But at, for a certain area's dungeon, you might, might think, I should bring blank and blank because of your emotions towards the NPCs. You'll be able to guess which combinations have special conversations based on that. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Question. So you want to do the dungeon with certain members based on the story, but depending on your main job's role, there'll be characters that you can't bring, right? So system-wise, you can't give the characters any commands at all. What's the intent behind that? Yoshida, if you have to command them, then that introduces a gap between players. For example, just thinking about who to give which command is already a two-step process. It makes the controls complicated. We wanted the trust system to be similar to being matched with other players. So the trust characters already know how to do mechanics, so there's more effective to let them just do what they want instead of giving them poor commands, laughs. I get it. Yeah. Question. They do unexpected things sometimes, like, wait, you're going that way? Yoshida, yeah, sometimes you'll think, this is shared damage, but you're going over there? 
question. I was surprised when they came to take my tether. Yoshida says, for the second boss, right? That part required thorough adjusting. For example, if we set a destination for them and they ended up not making it in time, then both of you would take damage, which would be bad. In order to make the instruction possible, we need the AI to cancel its current action, which then introduces some lag in their next action. Both options result in stress. Question, indeed. In the end, I think it's better for the player to move according to them. Yoshida, yes. Plus, the characters know the safe spots for the boss's abilities and run straight there. <laughs> Question. It was really obvious on the first boss. Laugh suddenly. I saw them in the puddles, so at first I misunderstood and thought, ah, standing there would protect me from the explosion. Yoshida says, ah, generally when they see an AoE, they don't do their next action until they've dodged the AoE. Question. So they dodge individual AoEs. When multiple, multiple came up at the same time, Alice didn't dodge hers completely. I wondered about that. Yoshida says, actually, Alice often gets hit because she prioritizes attacking. <laughs> Question, oh really? Yoshida, even the DPS characters have a subtle differences in their behavior. For example, if the player is a DPS, Yoshitola and Menphilia never use the limit break because they think the player is the hero and should use it at their discretion. Question I see. During boss battles, Alize uses the limit break instantly when the gauge is full. Yoshida says yes, because Alize considers defeating the enemy as a thing she can contribute to the player hero. She doesn't want to be a burden on them, so she prioritizes using the limit break when the gauge is full. If you're a DPS and you think using limit break is a pain, then be sure to bring Alize with you, and she'll do it instead. That's great. <laughs> that said, Yoshitola and Menphilia will use it on their own discretion if the warrior of light isn't a dps so if you don't go as a dps you'll be able to see yishtola and minfilia's limit breaks nice question i went with alizé and minfilia as the two dps so i never got to see minfilia's limit break yoshida also when two aoe's come in a row and yishtola has to lose dps dodging them her ai will use triple cast for burst dps to make up for the dps she lost wow even if there are a lot of situations requiring movement, the total clear time won't vary much. Wow. That sounds like they made them pretty smart. Learn to black mage. Learn to black mage. That's, that's fantastic. Now, I have heard <laughs> that although they play well, it is like being with a meh group of players. Mm -hmm. It's it going to take you like a solid 30 minutes to finish a dungeon. Well, and I'm, and I'm glad, because if they made them better than your average pug, uh, that for me, already having NPCs instead of playing real real people kind of tap dances on my, but this is an MMO nerve. Mm -hmm. But if it's just something to do for fun or to see their um, talks or whatever, but, you know. I don't want, or if the queues are super freaking long, I could see, you know, being like, finally, I'll just do whatever. I would rather play with real human beings, but uh, as, as long as it's not better than a pug, I think yeah. I think people will do a pug. Yeah, I I agree. As long as it's not better than a pug, as long as rewards are not given to that, like I mean, you're still gonna have to do your expert roulettes and and your leveling roulettes and so on will have rewards where your trusts aren't going to have those rewards uh, i do true. i do like the way that they're doing it that yeah i i think they want you to use the trust for the first time through and i i actually might do that just because it's going to feel like a cohesive story if you thancred alizé and alfano walk up to blank dungeons entrance 
and it brings up the party select screen and you can pick your party that's going to feel like a real final fantasy you're going to select your your party you're going to enter the dungeon in the cutscene it's going to feel like one cohesive piece it 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 feels okay the way we do things now but there is a suspension of belief that you know you're the only warrior of light well who are these other seven bastards that you drug with you through this this savage attempt what have you so you're not really like the only warrior of light in that scenario but in this sense you you could lose yourself in the story and and believe you are the the warrior of light or i guess in this case the warrior of darkness all right the next section is retracing the steps of the warriors of darkness something else that came up in the presentation was the damage cap Yoshida said, we added a digit. I don't think it's intuitive anymore. The current limit is 999,999. But even if that number comes up, you won't understand it from a glance. Question, when there's too many digits, your mind doesn't process them. Yoshida says, for the personal ind- player's individual attacks, even at high level, the numbers only vary by hundreds or thousands. However, over the course of a battle, say 10 minutes, the difference adds up to a lot. So we had to increase the upper cap. However, when you add too many digits, it reduces visibility and makes the numbers less intuitive. Question, we'll approach that limit at some point. Yoshida, yes. We raise the cap this time. For the next expansion, we'll be looking to rebalance the values as a whole to reduce the number of digits. Will we be compressing the numbers? Yoshida says there'll be less digits. A simple explanation would be, in low-level 2.0 combat, you'll only be able to do one-tenth of the damage you do right now. The numbers would gradually ramp up from there till it reaches one digit less from what we have right now, and the next expansion would build from there. This is inevitable by any long-running game. So they're just going to divide by 100 mm-hmm. in you, right? That's all they're talking about. It was like that in Eureka 2 where there was a question. It was like that in Eureka 2 where there was a huge difference in the amount of damage dealt based on level. And she just says, that's right. We actually wanted to do the rescaling for this expansion but decided it would be a bad idea to do it without prior warning. The cap being raised this time, but to allow me to announce it right now, all the numbers will be decreasing next time. That's fine. They're just numbers. All right, question. All right, laughs. I'd also like to ask about the role quests. When it says they'll, they're about to be the Warriors of Light from the first, does that mean that group, right? Yoshida. It's Arbert and the other Warriors of Darkness who are the focus of patch 3.4. Wow, that's that long ago, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just like how the Warriors of Light were the center of activity on the Source, the first also had its own heroes. They meant to defeat evil, but overdid it and invited a flood of light. In order to save their world, they risked their life to travel to other worlds. Such was their tragedy. We would love for you to find out what they did on the first and what they fought with. Since the role quests are involved with the MSQ as well... There are a lot of care put into them. It doesn't have to be right away, but if you do the quests for every role, you'll learn a lot more about the story. I want to. I know, me too. <laughs> Part of me was sad that they're not doing um, a quest for job quests all the way up. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, man, but if they did like four really good role quests, that'd probably be worth it. Yeah. All right, question. In the description, it said that one set of role quests would be required in order to clear the MSQ. 
Uh, Yoshida says, role quests come every two levels, so they progress similarly to job quests. If you do the role quests from your main job every two levels as you go through the MSQ, it should go quite smoothly. Question, will the MSQ stop if you don't do your role quests? Yoshida says, there's a point in the MSQ where you can't pass until you've seen the conclusion of the role quests. I won't say any more to avoid spoilers, but please do one set. Hmm. Question, understood. I think that's fine, though, right? If if, if it's well, important. To well, bring... listen. It, let's change role quest to job quest. Let's just pretend we didn't have role quest. It's just job quest. And you said, "Hey, you can't progress in the main story unless you did your job quests." I would have no problem with that either because you hear of people who have not done job quests, who mm-hmm. have not gotten abilities. And not whether it's th- their coffer at the level 71, if it's through ignorance or arrogance or both, it, it still gets on my nerves. So <laughs> <laughs> I think there needs to be something in place that guides you. I love that they've changed this to roll quest. I, I love the direction they've gone with this. Um, but I, I very much like that it's tied together because you need you need to have a realization at some point in the journey that you need to pick up all your abilities to finish. Mm-hmm. Well, and they stopped tying a lot of the, well, all of the abilities. Used to some of the earlier ones, like all the abil- a lot of abilities were locked behind job quests. But I think a lot of job quests could be skipped and you wouldn't even notice, mm-hmm. especially further on, further on you went. So. All right, now we have a technical question. By the way, the 64-bit client for the Mac version is coming soon, so everything will be moving ahead to 64-bit. Is there a possibility of any system changes as a result of this? Yoshida says, nothing major. The reason for the upgrade is we can't continue operating in the 32-bit RAM limit of 2 gig per application. It resulted in a lot of work, like testing super low-spec PCs that barely exist in the world anymore, reducing the number of objects and new content, etc. It was very restricting question there's too much for 32-bit to handle you should have said yes we wanted to raise the upper bound or rather the lower bound was way too low it's difficult to provide 64-bit support for mac games but thankfully we found a good partner that's enthusiastically doing it for us i think we'll be able to release the 64 mac beta client very soon on the memory side question what about the armory chest and the demo client we were provided only the soul crystal page got extra slots Yoshida, the armory chest size doesn't have anything to do with memory. The problem is on the server side with regards to traffic. We have to optimize that before we can expand it. So if you only look at Final Fantasy XIV, then you end up wanting more space. But actually, I think Final Fantasy XIV is already number one in the world in terms of how many items you can carry. Bitter smile. (laughs) Uh, Question. It's because players look at everything separately, including chocobo saddlebags. It's all one collection of data, and it's definitely considerable size. It even moves with you across worlds. Yoshida, it's like moving a house, laughs. The reason why you can't access your retainers from the destination world is because of this traffic issue. Cross-referencing across the database server is very intensive, and it's easy for serious errors to crop up. Question, we're almost out of time, so for the last question, I'd like to ask about Eureka's Baldissian Arsenal. While it is difficult content, I feel like it's easy to participate in. I don't have time for the eight-man high-end content myself, and it's difficult to get any substantial practice in. That's why I don't do that content much. Yoshida says, there are players like that, yes. Question, on the other hand, BA seems difficult as a glance because there's no guarantee you can be raised if you die, yet I still think it's something you can jump right into. 
On your first try, you'll be forced to withdraw partway through, but if you keep trying, you'll see that the mechanics themselves aren't that hard, and you'll be able to make it to the last boss. And if luck favors you, you can get your clear. I see the potential in content like this, where even though there's a high-end raid, it's easy to join because of the large group size and still gives you a sense of accomplishment. Yoshida, indeed. We actually hear a lot of people saying they want this kind of content, so we're glad we did it. I can't promise anything right now, but we're about to start planning our next challenge. We plan to continue doing the parts that worked well. I've still been too chicken shit to get in there, Ruby. Mm, I'm in Pagos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, could walk, I could walk in there and do it, but I... yeah. All right. Question. Speaking of difficult content, there's been talk among the players of four-man high-end content. Yoshida, in four-man high-end content, there would be too much responsibility on the individual player. If the healer dies, it's over, and raising the difficulty would result in shaky balance to begin with. It wouldn't be high-end content unless a single death resulted in a wipe. I feel like the BA format is better for getting lots of people to try it. It's not that we've abandoned the idea of four-man high-end content, but we have to consider the cost-benefit ratio. Ugh. Well, uh, this is something that has popped up in a lot of these interviews that I've watched and read, um, is the question, where is the four-man high-end content? And Yoshida's answer is consistently, four-man content would be very difficult to balance. It would frustrate a lot of people. It's easier to balance content around eight-man. Do you want us to waste resources on trying to balance four-man content or perfect the eight-man content that we're currently doing, like in making that better? He'll also pivot to, um, and this is an added thing about our ultimates, the reason we don't have a third ultimate is because of Baldizian Arsenal, mm -hmm. and that Baldizian Arsenal is the type of content he would like to do going forward. That doesn't rule out that there not be three ultimates the next go-around. Mm -hmm. But it seemed that even they enjoyed working on Baldizian Arsenal more than they enjoyed working on any other type of content. So I would expect us to see more Baldizian Arsenal, and I don't expect us to see four-man savage-type content anytime soon. Well, and I was never really super desirous of four-man super hard content or anything. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to see additional... I'd like to see the scale from... You can hit one, two, three, and clear it. Stuff, you know, like like twenty. Well, twenty-four mans are challenging to some people and boring to others. I wish there was more of a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a a, a a softer slope from super easy to oh my fucking god ultimate. Mm -hmm. I wish they'd fill in some of the, you know. Ex primals are perfect for someone for some people. You know, I wish there was more along that track of it's either really easy or it's oh my fucking god hard. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I would. I don't really want them to spend too much time on four man content. I guess. Yeah, I d I don't really want that. I don't I don't care for that. I, I know I think he's about to ask about Rathalos, but Rathalos <laughs> is the only thing that I would even consider, and I still haven't cleared that. As a matter of fact, I haven't oh. cleared the EX version of it. I know it's not very hard to clear, but um, yeah, it's just I not something that I desire times, but yeah. to do. It's stressful, and I think that's what he's going for. When I do Rathalos EX, it's stressful because you die, and if you die too many times, you're just done. And it's not super. For it's not very forgiving, but you know, it does make it difficult. 
I, I do need to go in there some more though, because I, I do need that that sweet mount. I needed to go normal because I still need the items to get some of the oh, yeah. almost drops. So though. there's your three raises and you're out content. Mm-hmm. If people were yeah. were wanting that. <laughs> All right, so to that question, I see you do have a regular content like Rathalos EX, but it would be rough to have too much burden on each individual. All right, then. Can we get a closing comment for the four gamer readers? Yoshida. Media tour articles are going to be popping up all around the world, but please remember that they are only the media's impressions of the game. In the end, you'll be the ones experiencing it with your own eyes and hands. There'll be a lot of news and impressions coming out, so please enjoy those as you wait for the remaining one month before launch. Instead of focusing on what's right or what's wrong, I'd like you to enjoy seeing the impressions of the media who got to try the game first. Question. I had my hands full just trying three jobs, laughs Yoshida. I bet there'll still be more information coming out, such as during E3, so please look forward to it. Very cool. Whew, that is a, it was a long article. It had, it had some slightly different questions I hadn't heard before. It had some answers that honestly surprised me a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Talking about, you know, playing good or whatever. Yeah, I, these are the Japanese interviews and I feel like a lot of times I give the Japanese uh, magazines a lot more information than they uh, mm. they give us, and it does have a footnote here that says they're working on the Dengenki and Game Watch interviews. So maybe we'll have that next time. Next week. We'll yeah. see. But that was a that was a great interview. I thought that was uh, pretty fascinating. We learned a lot of stuff, I backed up a lot of what I had seen from the uh, North American media tour. So cool stuff. All right, we have a reminder. We want to remind you all that the Menvina Madness uh, event is still going on. It's the Idle and Blitzball Association's Menvina Madness. It is both an in-game event and a uh, fundraiser. So uh, we are, well, let's see, it's 6-4 today. So we still have the semifinals this coming Saturday, June 8th. And then we have the closing ceremonies, June 14th. That's Friday. And the finals, June 15th. I haven't looked. I don't even know if Alamigo's still in the game. I think we're winning. (laughs) I think we are. (laughs) But uh, if if you have any desire, listener, to uh, donate some money for this uh, fundraiser, uh, it benefits to write love on her arms. It's a nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. Uh, if you do donate, make sure that if you love Ruby and I, you donate through the Alamegan Griffins page. <laughs> so check awesome. that out. The website is memphinamadness.org. So... Cool. Hey, I got. I'm gonna jam one in here because I didn't put it in the notes. Um, June twentieth, uh, work to game and gather together special event at Nerdvana in Frisco, Texas. If you live in Texas uh, or close enough to Frisco, Texas, which is in the DFW area, to come out to Nerdvana. If you want to look it up, it's N E R D V A N A. Nerdvana, we're going to the bar uh, 8 o'clock, maybe 8.30, but I think it's 8 o'clock, the 20th, that's a Thursday, and uh, we'll close the joint down. Um, come out, I think there's quite a few people who have shown interest in this, so again, it's work to game and gather together, it's kind of just a, 
hang out. We are not buying your drinks. We're not buying your drinks. So don't don't come and say Ruby said <laughs> we're buying you're buying drinks and there's like uh, free Yelta's food. not buying their first round. I won't. No, be <laughs> no, that's just here. Not not that. You can ask uh, Brian or Chris to buy you a drink. I ain't buying you a drink. <laughs> uh, but come out. We'll have more details. I'll tweet more. We're finalizing some kind of T-shirt graphic or something that's Ooh. a meld between our two graphic. We'll see what's coming out. We'll we'll have some more information for you as it comes. All right, I have uh, what's on tap. We have a blog, developer's blog, and now the top three reasons to visit the Gold Saucer. So we know we're very soon getting the Make It Rain campaign on Thursday, June sixth, and they give us they give us three reasons we should uh, visit the Gold Saucer. Number one is the first reward is an emote inspired by Senor Sabatunder. There's a little screenshot here. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, number two, you will get 50% more MGP per us- than usual. So, yay. Double down on that. I want, Does that stack with that buff, I wonder? That'd be... Yeah, we meant to check and see if we got any free company actions for those weeks. All right. Number three, some of the rewards obtained with MGP are also discounted during the Make It Rain campaign. We got some screenshots here. There's... Uh, I don't know what the normal prices are, but the, apparently the Crystal Tower Striker, Monster Toss Machine, Kafakura Machine furnitures for your house are 200k MGP each. Got a gold saucer attendant card for 500. Uh, so a bunch of the uh, looks like some of the armors are discounted as well. It looks like some of the Agaro equipment is available as well for discounted price. And get your Divine Beast Shield, by the way. It's mentioned specifically in this. If I feel like this would be the great time to snag that Divine Beast Shield in some of the amazing armor sets. That's the one that people are saying you can't buy if you discard or something. You can't rebuy it off of somebody. I, I actually went and bought mine from the PvP person this week. Because I wanted that shield that looks like you're not carrying a shield. I put it in my glamour dresser. <laughs> Oh, and there's also the common Makai's Markswoman's Ribbon and the Tarnished Makai Hand Mortar. Both of those are purple and amazing. I actually have the the uh, the ribbon. I have the, the PvP version, though, the dyeable version. So, and a purple and gold gun. Who wouldn't love it? I, amazing value, amazing look. <laughs> I think it looks cool. Yeah. All right, so these are just a few reasons to visit the gold saucer and there is a special site uh, i think we'll let's give us the dates on this again june 6th through june 24th in the a of the m and there is a quest that starts in ulla all right all right love it can't we wait. Didn't even know that it was going to come. We were worried, but it's, we were, it's here. I was concerned. I was concerned. Very, very oh, cool. My. Well, I'm happy. I may pick up that purple gun. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I might be. Very that. nice. Yes. All right. Uh, um, I'm gonna, what, oh, what do you no. got? I was going to read the happy hour. Read That's it. in the notes. Then you can t- do unnote, un- undescribed. Oh, I have. I, yeah, I have more undescribed things that I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. All right, happy hour, uh, unknown 
I don't know who you are, but thanks for posting. Uh, posted a, a comment on the site. I still need to do plenty of mount farming, but I'm always leveling my alt jobs, so it gets hard to roll back to old content and dedicate time to mounts instead of XP. I got you, man. It's when you're when you're like in the zone leveling stuff up, and someone's like, "Anybody want a pony farm?" and I'm like, "Uh, well, it's double because uh, I already have all my ponies, but it can be hard. It can be hard." Yeah, you're in the zone, right? You already got your mm-hmm. buffs up and pop some food. And you're doing it. And yeah. I feel you. All right, Ruby, you had something, something? Well, I mean, I just thought we should have a contest winner. <laughs> I know, I keep forgetting. For the Beckon <laughs> contest, I just kind of wanted to share who our winner would be for the Beckon contest. So we had several entries. Uh, I was worried after the first, the first week we didn't we didn't really have many. I think we had one entry, and uh, I think we ended up with maybe six, seven, eight. Uh, so we spun the wheel of fortune, and we checked out your your beckons, and we were feeling it. We're feeling it, feeling and the winner it. is Ace Kaneki, Ace. You are our winner for the Beckon Challenge. Ace had a lovely Beckon with his minion cloud. He's got the hearts coming up over his head. He's looking he's looking like uh kind of like a a reverse Darth Vader or something going on here. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what your look is here, boss. You've kinda got like the Sith Lord thing going on but you've got I'm thinking the, mad max kind of mad, mad max, max i feel that i can That's feel that feel mad max he's a, he's it like <laughs> agamoro he's out there at the, the kind of the the pus pools out there where the goblins are hanging mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh we've got cloud in front i don't know if he's protecting i don't know if he's defending he's tanking he's tanking he's okay so you've got one of your your trusts out already so i'm feeling you but yeah i feel in the love ace uh, congratulations. We'll contact you uh, by DM um, or some other method. Hopefully you hear it here, but we will reach out to you just after we record and let you know that you are our winner and how you can get your prize. And that means that next episode, Yelta, we have to have a contest. I already know what it is. I just don't know what we should give away. So, Oh. Yeah. Well, good. We, we talked about what it was going to be. I already know what it's going to be. <laughs> Uh, we just have so, to finalize yeah, it. Yeah, we'll we'll announce next week a new contest next week, and uh, we will uh, contact Ace and l- let him pick his. I think it was a minion, right? Any That's minion? right. As but not cloud because you got cloud. You got cloud already, man. So, congratulations to the winner, and thank you for everybody who played. I there was a, a lot of cute Beckon screenshots. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's awesome. All right, do you have any more unnoted comments? That is the last surprise announcement okay. that I have. <laughs> right. I got nothing. I'm out. I'm out of stuff. So I think we then will move on to our closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can find links to all of our episodes and blog posts on our website, www.gtffxiv.com. While you're there, please leave us a comment. And if you'd like to, you can support us by clicking the donation button. You can find us on Twitter at GTFFXIV. Email us at GTFFXIV at gmail.com. Please rate us. Uh, personal plugs, Ruby. 
Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Rubicon Vale, R-U-B-I-C-O-N-V-A-L-E. And you can find me on Twitter at Yelta Sumasu, Y-E-L-T-A-S-U-M-A-S-U. As always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.